0: podcast community my name is cam king this is three questions podcast episode number 53 we're going to get into it right after the intro cool welcome back Again, my name is Cam. I started this podcast as an add-on to ckcollective.co, where I help people focus on their personal and professional development in hour-long sessions. You can book some there at ckcollective.co. Also, under the podcast app, you're going to find all of these episodes. We're also on YouTube. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, I really appreciate this. New episodes will be coming out every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And I want to thank Dave Delk, excuse me, Dave submitted these three questions and they are great questions. I'm looking forward to having him on the podcast soon enough. I've had a lot of recent guests here on the podcast. It is my goal to get more people on the podcast to share their expertise, share their knowledge and really get to... Elevate your consciousness in terms of what these people are going through, what they've done and where they're going in life. Um, This podcast serves to be inspirational for you. It's not just me giving my two cents about things that my clients are submitting over here. A lot of them are self-submitted by me. They're things that I've Googled in the past, things that I've struggled with, things that I've conquered. And I'm trying to share these and distill these questions down in bite-sized pieces. Each question I'm going to spend five minutes on, and then I'm going to move to the next one. So all these podcasts should be around 20 minutes. So again, website, ckcollector.co, email for three questions podcast is just at gmail.com. You can submit questions there or register on the site to become a guest. So I want to hop into it. Um, First question from Dave Delk, who's a marketing guy. We had a great conversation, Dave. But Dave submitted some marketing questions, and I want to talk about these. So Dave's first question, in today's marketing world, where does personal branding fit in? Man, you are your brand on every single level. You are your brand. The things that you say, the things that you do, the content that you put out there, that's your brand. I don't care if you have four or five different businesses. If those four or five businesses are tied to you, all of it is your brand. And I think that personal branding, I'll say this about personal branding. If your brand is not authentically you and the content that you put out and the things that you put out there, if those things are not authentic and genuine, your personal branding sucks. Okay. You cannot fake authenticity. You cannot fake being genuine. Whatever your authentic self is, that's your personal branding, right? If you tell someone you're going to do something and then you don't do it, that affects your personal brand. If you comment negatively on something, if you've hurt someone in the past, if you've had baggage or trauma that's undealt with or, or not acknowledged, or you have issues in your life, whether they're financial or spiritual or emotional, right? Those issues will all affect your personal branding because you, you can't fake your personal branding. I've seen, it's so easy when you work in marketing and advertising to see when companies are not authentically being themselves. The companies that are authentically themselves, they're the ones that succeed in the long term. Okay. You may be able to sell a piece of crap in a nice shiny box for a little bit of time, but eventually if your customer service sucks, if your branding sucks for a big company or a small company or a startup, not being authentic will cost you in the long run. It is That is the number one rule of marketing. You you cannot be something that you authentically are not. That's it, okay? And your your branding needs to match your persona and you've got to stick to that. The same way that we evolve as human beings is the same way that companies evolve. Companies change their logos, companies learn, companies grow. Companies are always, always evolving. And over time, they get to know themselves even more and more. Look at Facebook slash meta now. They're transitioning into the VR world and this, this whole thing that they have going on. I would I would consider them to be a pretty authentic brand. They don't, they haven't ever really tried to be something that they're not. But when you're a company who's reaching too far, or you're a company or a startup or a business that's looking too much at your competitors, it can take you off those two yellow lines that are in the middle of the road. And that is a road that you need to keep traveling on. Yes, obviously, you have to pull over, fill up your tank, get maintenance on your car. But as a company and your machine and you keep moving, you have to be always be able to at least interact with and engage with your customers on a human level. I'll, I'll bring up Comcast. Comcast a couple of years ago had horrible customer service. They really turned that around. And now they have one of the best customer service platforms, I believe, or so I've heard in, in the modern day. Companies tend to outsource their things. I'll bring up another company right now, Frontier Airlines. I don't know if you've ever flown them. They're kind of a budget airline. I think JetBlue is purchasing or acquiring them or Spirit, one, one of those. But Frontier Airlines used to be amazing when they first kicked off. I love them. I love flying with them. They were super cheap. And they had great customer service. You could call a number and be talking to someone in a minute or two. Most recently, now that they've decided to start cutting things, they don't even have a customer service line that you can talk to. And for me, I was traveling with my service dog. I wanted to just talk to someone and be like, hey, here's here's my paperwork. I'm doing this. I'm bringing this on. And the, the way to get through to them was so ass backwards that it made me lose respect for that company. I also had a similar experience with JetBlue where a company was not authentic and they weren't helpful and the customer service was bad. And I was like, cool. I don't ever need to do business with that company again. Another experience with a, a similar company I decided I'm just not going to give them my business, right? They treated me poorly and I feel like when cus excuse me, when customers are treated poorly by a company that now appears to be too big or not authentic and not genuine to relate to the individual customer, that is where companies go wrong with their personal branding. If you're an entrepreneur, it's much easier to manage until you start getting too many clients. But if your company does not have authenticity, if your company does not feel genuine, and if your company has poor customer service and can't relate to a person, person to person, dude, you're out of business, okay? Doesn't matter if it's now or if it's then, but too many times that that happens, it's gonna cost you in the long run. So that's what I'll say about personal branding. I think it's, in the marketing world, in the business world, you have to be authentic. You have to be relate to, you have to be able to relate to a customer. Okay. Hopping to question number two, uh, Dave, awesome question. Question number two, how has meditation helped you in your business and personal life? So for me, I started meditating consistently about four years ago after a pretty tough breakup. Um, is a long-term relationship about seven years. And I was struggling with my emotions. I was struggling with my thoughts. And one of the things that I came across was like an app called FitMind, where it was all about neuroplasticity and changing your brain's chemistry. And at the time, I knew nothing about this. And so I tried it. I tried it for about you know a month, two months, three months, four months, five months, and six months. And it took me six months of meditating consistently about 20 to 30. Sometimes I would meditate up to two hours a day. To the point where I had to be able to just let all of my demons, all of my insecurities, all of my worries, all of the things, the decisions, the regrets, I had to let all of that stuff run around like little kids for hours or minutes or however long it was. And I did guided meditations. I listened to, you know, water sounds or rainfall sounds or just frequencies all these different potential healing things, and there is no short-term fix for emotional pain. Emotional pain will affect you mentally and it will affect you physically. And I can attest to that. And what I'll what I'll say about meditation was that it took me about six months to finally like get the feeling of like my my body was beginning to form something it hadn't felt before. And one day, about six months in, I, I still remember, I was like. I think it was in Portland, Oregon, at the time. I was meditating in my apartment, and one one day, I just had these these chills over me, and the chills were just like my body just releasing a lot of this baggage. It was releasing a lot of this trauma, a lot of this pain, a lot of the regrets, and it it felt like I had finally turned the corner. Where my body was like, okay, like we can start healing. You know, these little parts, and we can start, you know, reconstructing ourselves a little bit. And we're not. I, I didn't feel like I was being eaten alive from the inside anymore. And if you've ever been through a tough emotional time like that, it, it literally feels like you're being eaten from inside and the the stress and the cortisol that your body can produce will literally like make you feel that way. And it puts you in a fight or flight mode all the time, which is horrible, it affects your sleep, affects your testosterone, and it affects your, your mental acuity. So for me, meditation took about six months and then I still to this day, I not every day is a great day of meditation for me, but I do it because if I don't give myself the time to just let all of those things run around, right? Those demons, those insecurities, those worries, those faults, those regrets. If I don't take time to sort of acclimate and sort of deal with those things first thing in the morning for me, I tend to notice that my days become that much harder. And when I take about 20 to 30 minutes to just sit down and to just let my body wake itself up and to just sort of process whatever it was that I was dreaming about or process what it is that I need to do for the day. It allows me to be more productive and more centered when I do do those things. I woke up today at 6am, meditated for 30 minutes, and it wasn't a great meditation, but I felt like it was enough for me to be like, okay, there's a lot of things I want to do today. Now that I've taken care of myself, I'm ready to be centered in the other areas of my life that need my focus and my attention. In meditation, again, there's so many different kinds. It's not just one that I, I do. I do a bunch of different ones. There's money meditations and um, you know, business meditations and chakra alignments. You have to you have to really read about meditation in books. Dr. Joe Dispenza is a great resource. I would highly recommend any of his books, or Carolyn Miss, M Y S S. She has a, a great book called Advanced Energy Anatomy that talks about sort of the divine aspect of trusting the process. And that to me is is more about what meditation is about. It allows me to flow through my day instead of trying to force outcomes. And I feel like in my my prior career, in my personal life, I try to force a lot of things. I had to know things and I had to force things and I couldn't just leave things as they were. I, I couldn't just have no judgments, have no expectations and um not need to know why things happen as they do and meditation has allowed me to do all three of those things have no judgments have no expectations and now i don't need to know why things happen as i do i just trust the process more so meditation for me that's how it's impacted my personal and business life and i think it's different for everybody but that's that's been my experience for for a lot i also find a lot of forgiveness in myself and for others and for where I felt things went wrong or things that I'm at fault for, I find inner peace when I'm able to meditate and sit with that instead of trying to run away and distract myself from it, especially at the forefront of, of the day. So Dave, great question. I, I really, I really appreciated that. Um, question number three, episode 53, how long does a business owner need to focus on marketing before jumping into paid advertising? So Great question, and I tell my CMO for hire clients this all the time, is that your business, the best marketing that you will ever have is from the mouth and words of others. Your customers are your best marketing tool. If your product rocks, if your service rocks, they're gonna tell other people about it. Plain and simple, and nothing will ever beat that. Okay, peer-to-peer marketing, it's the best form of marketing. I can make a drop shipping store and sell a bunch of crap from China, but if it breaks and if it's shitty, my customers are eventually going to stop buying from me, right? And they're not going to tell other people about it. It doesn't matter how much I spend on paid advertising. You have to figure out a way to have your product or your service be one of the best in the business. And if it's not, you need to work on your product, okay? You can do all the paid advertising you want in the world, but you can't sell a piece of shit to everyone in the world. Even if you have 8 billion pieces of shit and all the money in the world, eventually your company is going to die because your product is shit. And if your service sucks too, damn, that also sucks. I mean, you're dead. You're dead in the water. I think to answer your question bluntly, I think you should focus on on marketing minimum three to six months. Figure out what your story is. Figure out what your organic marketing is. Figure out how to try. And go viral with your product, whether it's video. I mean, video is number one for everything these days. But if you can develop a kick ass video for your product or your service, awesome. Do that. Especially if your product is already fire and it's one of the best in the business. Figure out a way to make that product try to go viral. Try to get as much organic reach as you can before you leverage into paid advertising. Because if you have testimonials, If you have customers that are saying, this product rocks or this service rocks, this totally changed my life. This absolutely changed my day. This changed my week. This is the best thing I've seen for whatever. If you can get that organically, you can 10X that, 20X that, 100X that with paid advertising once you have that. But to go into paid advertising without that kind of testimonial, without that kind of leverage, it is just going to burn a hole in your pocket again, you know, uh, I see a lot of companies push a lot of shit on there. Think about how much Bud Light spends on marketing and advertising, especially since they made that gaffe not too long ago. You know, they hit people over the head hundreds of times a day. Is it because they have the best beer in the country? No. I don't know that Bud Light has ever won an award for best tasting beer, but it's definitely the number one most advertised beer. Okay? You can do that all you want and you can make all the money in the world. Okay, But you need to focus on getting quality referrals, on quality reviews, on a quality product or service first. It shouldn't take you more than three to six months. I would say six months is probably a long time to be doing that. Three, three to four months should be your goal to be like, wow, okay, we're making some progress here. We've sold some stuff. People are liking it. And it should give you the ideas about what your story is. And if you have personal branding or you have a company, if that's your own, you have to figure out the story for your product and how you do this is from an emotional perspective. If you can hook people emotionally with your product or service, then you don't need to do a logical sell. 80% of selling and buying is based on emotions, on people's emotions. So if you can figure out a way to, to manipulate somebody's emotions into buying your product, they'll make that decision nine times out of 10. Okay. Maybe once or twice they're, they're going to be like, well, I don't really can't spend the money on that. And then they're going to logically talk themselves out of purchasing that product or that service. But your marketing needs to be emotional and it has to have an emotional hook. If you don't have the emotional hook and you don't have a great product, it doesn't matter how much you spend on paid advertising, your company is going to falter at some point. So I hope that really answers your question. I don't know that I have too much more on that specifically, but that is All I have for episode 53 of three questions podcast. We're on YouTube. If you want to watch us on YouTube, you can um, just at three questions podcast. And of course, you can go to ckcollective.co under the podcast tab to find all the directories, sign up to be a guest on the podcast or submit questions for yourself. You can also reach out to us at three questions podcast at gmail.com. And I need more questions. I am officially out of questions. So if you would like to submit them, you can also submit them on Instagram or TikTok. That is just at three questions, or yeah, at three questions podcast on TikTok and at underscore three questions podcast on Instagram. There's also a Facebook page and LinkedIn page. So I have too much to do. Uh, this has been episode 53. I'm going to get a couple more guests on and I really appreciate you guys for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, review on whatever platform that you're doing. And I will try to get new episodes out to you guys over the rest of the year here in 2023, every Tuesday at 7am and hope you guys have a great day and continue to crush it. See. You